0: Get oh,
1: yeah.
2: This has been a week of uh, controversy and do do excitement and disappointment and frustration, all kinds of thoughts and emotions going on with Florida State football and the uh, national playoff scene, I want to take the opportunity to hear from Coach Bobby Bowden and Coach Mickey Andrews, along with Coach Sue Semerow. I think we're going to find in their comments a bit of perspective that might be of help. Stay with me.
3: Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny, brought to you by Widden Glass, Tallahassee's first name in glass for your home or office, and by Merry Call Merry Relax, and it's done.
2: In 1945, Jack Whitten started a glass company in Tallahassee. Now over 75 years and three generations later, it's still working every day, doing just as Jack wanted, giving his customers real solutions for replacing window glass, providing custom cut mirrors, and supplying superior bath and shower enclosures. Local building contractors know Whitten Glass takes care of Tallahassee business. They prefer Whitten because of their precision and mastery of eye-catching storefront glass and countertop glass. It's a fact. When you choose Wooden Glass, you're working with real glass people who will take care of you to your complete satisfaction. It's what Jack Wooden wanted, and it's been the Wooden way of doing business for over 75 years. Wooden Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass since 1945. Call Wooden Glass today or visit them online, 850 5781 or glass.com. Well my friend of course as we are now uh, well into the season of Christmas and Hanukkah by the way happy Hanukkah for all of you who are celebrating and it's a wonderful time of year to celebrate the truth that Hanukkah brings us in a remembrance of faithfulness and generosity and uh giving to one another and certainly christmas brings that message to us in the uh, person of a little child a baby born in bethlehem who then was later uh, identified as uh the living flesh and blood presentation of god god in human form and so it is the christian world uh, recognizes the incarnate uh, God who is the creator of all things and whose spirit then uh, rests upon humankind with forgiveness, with what uh, is referred to as agape, um, a love that is that just permeates, that is the energy source for all of life. And uh, with that, then we have this Christmas time celebration in which uh, the birth of Christ represents to the human world a gift, uh, this gift of life and this affirmation that we are loved unconditionally and without without any uh, second thoughts, without any second moves, without any uh, uh, repentance from this commitment to care for us. Of course, we find ourselves in a world that doesn't uh, abide with agape in any of its manifestations. You know, because agape is always looking out for the wellness and the well-being of others, right? As opposed to looking out for one's own hindquarters. Um, Agape is patient and kind, is forbearing, doesn't uh, want something it doesn't have. So it's not envious uh, it's certainly not judgmental or condemning of those who uh, um, haven't been able to obey all the rules or any of the rules. And by the way, that includes you and I, right? Uh, so So with that, then this notion that uh, we are loved of God and the love that we're talking about here is uh, is really different than the way the world, of the world we live in uh, conceives of it in which it's very conditional highly conditional you know you, you're i love you <laughs> i love you being in my life because you help me achieve what i really want or you're good for me on you know as long as you're good for me then i can dismiss you when you're no longer of any value and that's a kind of love uh, more properly i suppose referred to as eros um you know, the Greek language, but you don't find the word eros anywhere in the scriptures. It's always agape. It's an interesting uh, uh, sort of contrast there. But it brings, brings me to say that in, in our time, uh, we are in the midst of what has been the remarkable, uh, understated, uh, explosive would be better, a kind of uh, a controversy. Uh, disappointment, frustration. Coach, Coach Narvell said, you know, I'm disgusted and infuriated with the decision of this committee, the selection committee that made the decision. That is their charge to decide which four teams are going to be in the college football playoffs. And with that being announced earlier in the week, first of this week, yeah, man. So here you have, for those who may be unfamiliar, uh, especially for those who really don't care, uh, we have to say we have Michigan, Washington, uh, Alabama, and Texas playing in these uh, final games of the season, the college football playoffs. Well, with Florida State facing Georgia in the Orange Bowl, you know the ire of many has has been apparent. People even suggesting that we boycott the Orange Bowl or, you know, that we uh, just kind of fold up our tents and go home. And uh, thankfully, I think we have a coaching staff, uh, not the least of whom would be Mike Norvell. It's a more sensible uh, person. And while he's infuriated and frustrated and disgusted, he's not stupid. And – just in case anybody hasn't been paying attention this game of college football certainly at this level uh, has long ago given up on this idea being sort of about uh performance as such and and wins and losses and uh, from a from a televised point of view i mean you and i can care about how our team is doing. And so, that, you know, strength of schedule and, and that roster, yeah, it's important. But we're not talking about that kind of consideration when you're talking about hundreds of millions of people in this country and what percentage of those people, let's just throw a guess out here 20, maybe 30 million people, will choose to tune in to watch a football game right so then this committee they're not evaluating the athleticism the record necessarily of of these teams what they're really looking at i mean they can say that and uh, they can even point to their criterion you know well if a player has been eliminated or a coach has been eliminated it's not the same team we heard that a lot Florida State just isn't the same team. Well, none of them are the same team that they started out with the beginning of the season, for heaven's sakes. Even Saban admitted that about Alabama. Not the same team. Right. But, no, this comes down to which matchup is going to garner the biggest audience or audiences. You know, in a Florida State matchup with Texas or Alabama, not so much. Alabama, Texas. So so I'm, I'm hypothesizing here. I grant you that. But imagine that you're sitting on this committee of 13 people. And the, in the back of your mind, the real issue is viewership. Because viewership translates into ratings. And ratings are tied to advertising dollars. And advertisers are not going to spend two, three, four million dollars on ads running in these games if they don't think that they're gonna get the kind of return on their investment that they expect. So then it's about the money. And it's not just the money at large. It's very specific to how these shows are going to deliver an audience. It's the same thing that any A TV network does in evaluating whether or not it's going to continue a given series uh, of shows on their network. So here you have it, deciding which matchup is going to become and, and present the biggest draw for the audience at hand.
3: Widden Glass has been taking care of business since 1945. When you call Widden Glass, you're dealing with experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best, like Widden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures that provide style and luxury at an affordable price. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Widden Glass. We'll help you design it and install it wooden Glass, the first name in glass replacement. Call 222-5781.
2: We're back. We're talking about all things Tallahassee and of course at this time of year when we are in the midst of our Help Christmas Connection campaign it uh, is a great opportunity for us to say many thanks to all of you who have already contributed sizably. Uh, you know that christmas connection had secured their headquarters down there at the corner of jefferson and bruno and uh already the donations had started coming in and they had rows and rows of toys and bicycles and all kinds of neat stuff even household items bear in mind that um when you're talking about being of help when you're helping christmas connection do what they do there's so many different ways you can help And this is where it's not simply about collecting toys for little kids, although that's of course a big part of it. It's about helping families survive. It's about families needing the basics. I mean, like cookware, other household items, uh, food, Uh, being able to give a family a gift card to say, here, take this and go do some Christmas shopping on your own as a family have that time together. And when you talk with the social workers, the professionals who day in day out year after year, work with these families. Now they'll tell you the stories and the stories are heartwarming and heart wrenching all at the same time. Now, because you've got people who are doing their best to try to keep things together and they are, oftentimes families where uh, everybody in the family is working in some capacity doing some kind of part-time work if they're kids or moms and dads that are working two and three jobs yeah now these are people that are not uh, simply sitting back and expecting you and I to carry the load no (laughs) no no that's not what you have here Uh, these are uh, oftentimes referred to among uh, the the friends of ours over there at uh, uh, these various charitable organizations as ALICE uh, types of families. That's asset-limited. Means they're not making a lot of money. Or they don't have a lot of possession. They don't necessarily own any property. So asset-limited. They don't have any savings. They don't have any investments. Income constrained, there's there's the uh, day-to-day, check-to-check sort of reality. So asset-limited, income-constrained, employed, ALICE. So they're working, but they're working low-end jobs or they're working part-time jobs. Uh, they're constrained by the limited amount of income they have. And so the they're, they're, in short terms, they're working poor well that is the focus of christmas connection as it is throughout the year but at this time of year it gives us all an additional opportunity to contribute to help to volunteer our time to donate and man we've we've uh, we've got a great website there for you help and all of the advertising that we've been able to do through our various sponsors. Are, uh, I mean, and these people are are just <laughs> uh, noteworthy in their devotion to the good in this town. And this isn't the only thing they do, I can assure you. But you've got people like Chris Windham and all of the good people at Tony Kelly Heating and Air Conditioning. I mean, they've made an investment of their ad dollars with this campaign to say, help us help Christmas Connection. And when you go to that website, here they are, all of those opportunities laid out for you, even suggestions as to items that are of critical importance, things that you can pick up on your way as you're shopping, or you can go and make a cash donation to Christmas Connection online. You can purchase a gift card. They even have an Amazon wish list, so you can go check that out. All of this information is available to you, and it comes by way of these sponsors like Rapid Press, Lourdes Madsen, and Allen, and all the people at Rapid Press. They believe in it, and they like giving to this town. They're grateful for what Tallahassee means to them, to their families, their company. And so this is an opportunity for them to step up and be a part of getting our message out we've got tv ads and radio ads magazine and billboard all of our social media uh, will reach upwards of a couple of hundred thousand people over the course of the next several weeks uh, which translates into half a million or more impressions media impressions and that's just within county and you start adding in Jefferson, Gadsden, Thomas, well, Culloch Counties, and you're getting into a million two media impressions. Yeah, we have to say thank you to WVFT, 93.3 FM, Real Talk Radio, one of our media partners, and Tallahassee Family Magazine, picking it up and saying, hey, we, we're in. And they're uh, running ads in their magazine for us. And then you have... Uh, WTXL Channel 27, ABC 27, has been there for us for the last several years, running and uh, do a fine job helping us get to the population at large with our message. So it's called Help Christmas Connection, and uh, we would be uh, we wouldn't be able to do it without the help of of our sponsors, people like Wood and Glass. You know Kathy and her team down there. Are you kidding me? This is a company that is legacy in Tallahassee. Three generations, started in 1945. Kathy's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yep, Jack Whitten, who served the the, the the area as a commissioner for many years. I think 10, 15 years he was a commissioner, city commissioner. Jack Whitten. Yeah. So Whitten Glass, Rapid Press, Tony Kelly, Tallahassee Family Magazine. These are your... Uh, These are your committed sponsors who made it possible for us to bring you the message. And in doing so, they make it possible for you and I to be more effective. It's one thing to have feeling. It's one thing to have concern. But you know what? When the rubber hits the road, as we like to say, when it gets real, it's when you actually get on that website and you make that decision. Are you drop by their headquarters down there at uh bruno and jefferson in downtown tallahassee and they've made it easy for you to pull up there at the curb and make your donation that way uh there's also a couple of satellite locations around if you go to the website it'll show you uh star storage out there on the north end of town they're receiving donations and then they'll deliver to uh christmas connection headquarters on your behalf So again, helpchristmasconnection.com. Find out how you can be a part of being a helper again this year. I should also take opportunity to uh, refer to the City of Tallahassee's Veterans Journey. This Honor Flight uh, Tallahassee documentary has earned an Emmy Award. And this happened back on the 2nd, the City of Tallahassee documentary, titled A Veteran's Journey Honor Flight Tallahassee was honored at the 47th Annual Suncoast Regional Emmy Awards back on December 2nd. It recognizes the best and brightest of television and media professionals having earned this award that reflects the profound impact of the City Communications Department's work in documenting Honor Flight Tallahassee. So congratulations and kudos to communications folks over there at the City of... Tallahassee. And let's see what else we got going on here. Looks like uh, earlier in the week, Leon County revealed their new playground at Manowar Park and a ribbon cutting back there on the 7th. Leon County government inviting the community to check it out. Through an innovative public private agreement, this outdoor uh, park is offering. Uh, all kinds of benefits with vibrant colors and slides and climbing features. The play structure at this 4.4 acre park is designed to captivate and engage. So thank you, Leon County, for that contribution. You stay with me, folks. I've got Sue Summerow standing by in 1853 john mason neal wrote the lyrics for a christmas carol telling the story of a good king who went out on the feast of stephen to bring food and firewood to a poor peasant the king's page complained of the bitter cold when this saintly king instructed him follow in his footsteps with each step his feet were warmed along the journey thomas hellmore sent the inspiring lyrics to a 13th century tune and gave us good king wenceslas and now you know another Christmas story. From Ray Gordon Brake Service, the brake experts on Greer Road providing solutions from ASE certified mechanics. Call 850-386-6133. glass on South Monroe since 1945. For window and plate glass, custom bath enclosures and storefront glass, 850-222-5781. And Moose Magnificat Radio, streaming online at moosemagnificat.com. All local musicians, all original songs, all the time. Download your free app at Moose Magnificat. Significat.com Sue Samarau remarkably has contributed so so well to so many people and you know we could spend the rest of the hour today talking about her achievements and they would certainly be worth talking about Uh, if you don't know Sue Samarau well come on you're not living But what you really need to know is that this is a person, in my estimation, who has taken God-given interests and skills and abilities, opportunities, relationships, and something that's very fundamental that keeps coming up in conversations with our guests more often than not, and that is this love of people, a love of God and the love of people. I talked with a man earlier in the week who said, I'm not a religious man, but I love God and I love people and I look for every way I can to invest in them I thought of Sue Semerow when he told me that I thought now there's an example of what I'm thinking because I was anticipating Sue being with us and so here she is let's welcome Sue Semerow
1: That's so great to be back Brian
2: coach you just keep it on and you're as they say in jazz you keep on swinging (laughs) and uh, my friend Scotty Barnard is teaching me how to be cool um it's got some work on his hands. The um, The good news is that you're back with us. Uh, you've been traveling about the world, I suppose, certainly around the country, keeping up with family and friends and stuff. So what you been doing?
1: Not the world yet. I haven't really we're ventured. Stay staying continental. Uh, yeah, I'm staying continental. Um, hmm. But it's like you said, just having the opportunity uh, to be able to go and see people in their element that i haven't been able to yeah, see in their element yeah. it,
2: it it occurs to me and you've said this that when you were active as head coach of florida state seminoles women's basketball yay champions they are uh i don't know if, can we say they're champions they're sure, champions in somebody's mind they're champions. they're champions in my mind uh, certainly star athletes, all of them highly accomplished, many have gone on to play pro, um, not the least of which uh, or not not for the least uh, reason that you were uh, coaching them along the way because it speaks to this business of you investing in people hmm. which which translates into this world that you you were in and and, and it, it was it was an opportunity, but it was also, I, would it be fair to say a kind of confinement mm. because that enterprise is so demanding? You don't really get to take off anytime you want.
1: Yeah, is that I, fair? I, yeah, yeah. And I think about all the opportunities that I had to see different parts of the world, to meet people I never would have met. But at the same time, it's an inhuman uh, job, it really is. It's it's You just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, which creates a lot of opportunities, but also leaves a lot of void.
2: I mean, in some respects, we'll call it a corporate environment Mm -hmm. in, in in the small C status. I mean, in other words, you find yourselves as coaches, staff members, team members, you're all on this same ship going together. And wherever that ship is going, you're all going. It's not your choice to be able to – well, it makes you jump off. <laughs> but that's not going to help. Right. And so you have to just kind of move. But now, now you find yourself liberated, we'll say, from that. And, and, and if somebody in Kansas sends you a text and say, hey, can you be here tomorrow – you're already on the plane you're gone
1: yeah yeah it's, it's so that's got to feel pretty cool it really does you know it's much more you talk about being on a ship and it's much more like being on a sailboat you know ah. just, you can <laughs> you just the wind comes this way and the wind uh, goes that way uh. and uh, it's it's really nice for uh, have that opportunity after pouring into uh, a schedule for so many years and um but I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the people of Tallahassee. Um, I'm grateful that they now embrace me as just a part of the community, and, and I'm grateful for Florida State and the, the time that they allowed me to serve as their head coach.
2: Well, it happens, too, that with that personal devotion comes achievement. And, you know, the last time we talked, you were, I guess you were uh, referring to this book that you had written, or, have read that uh has to do with climbing the next mountain and such so how's the the mountain mountain
1: by david brooks yeah Yeah.
2: how's that going are are you
1: in pursuit well yeah the interesting thing is uh you know and he shared uh a lot of times in order to get to that second mountain you got to go down and you got to go into some type of valley yeah doesn't have to be a really deep valley by any stretch But um, you can't climb again generally unless you go to the other side of the mountain or you're climbing the same mountain. So that that little...
2: And that's a process right That's a
1: huge process. And I've run into so many people that have said, wait, you really do enjoy? You really don't think you're going to coach again? And I'm just like, no, I really do enjoy it. And it took a time to get the rhythm straight yeah i ran into a, a very uh well-renowned house builder here in town everybody mm. w- seeks him out and, and i saw him and he said i'm turning 72 and i don't know how i could retire i i can't i can't figure that out and i said that's why you do it when you're young uh, interesting so yeah. I,
2: I talked to john worley uh about three or four weeks ago mm. same story mm. home builder now looking at and and he's been prolific having the same issues yeah and he's wanting to he's wanting to tell his story mm. in some fashion he wants to be able to leave some kind of testimony is that part of what you're experiencing that somehow you don't want to just leave all that behind you want to be able to try to share your story with people or not you
1: really want to keep Walking a new story, see it, I, know, yeah, I, I don't. Not looking back, looking forward. Yeah, and I do think that that always will stay with me. Mm. I think uh, what I've realized is that my gifts are transferable, and so mm. I can use them in a different Other way. Ways. Yeah, and and it's nice to know that, and it's nice to be able to to try that and have a a new challenge and a new experience.
2: Mm. And yet, at the same time while that new experience comes or experiences come you find yourself well connected with so many people that are very much a part of your life so it's not as though you have to jettison all of that so this this um we'll call it a a reorientation a kind of descent Hmm. into this level playing field Uh, so maybe the valley is is one way of thinking of it but seems to me it's more of just kind of um, finding kind of a level ground.
1: Yeah, and I think your world gets a little bit smaller, which is a nice thing because you can pay more attention to to a smaller faction of things hmm. and of people and situations and put more time into it. So I think it mm-hmm. it really becomes quality rather than quantity
2: i think of the people that including your mother particularly Mm. especially uh where um in the challenges that she has faced in the last several years uh health-wise you were you were clear about that you said guys i'm i gotta be gone for a while yeah and that that was at the point at which you were really at at a sort of peak Mm. it wasn't it wasn't like, okay, I'm done with this, right. but you, you made that decision. That was, that had to be pretty tough, I guess, in some respects. It was your mom, so no. Right. But. I mean,
1: it's, it was easy, but it was, it was an easy choice, oh. but it was a tough time. And, oh. uh, but I do think that it was, I think it was a clear signal to me mm. that, that this part of my, um, my life was coming to an end. You know, the, mm. the fast paced, 24 7, always available, uh, always wanting to achieve more mm. and to do mm. more mm. And, to, and to accomplish more for the university, for the community, for these young women. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about it today. I was telling you just how mm. sometimes I, s- I still find myself over scheduling and mm. I. I didn't like that. I felt like I had to send a text message while I was walking to my car or, you know, something like that. And, and it, I, it reminds me, I'm really fortunate now to be able to be doing what I'm doing.
2: Sue Sumrall with us. We're going to continue this conversation. You're in tune with Tallahassee Talks.
4: Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them. 422-1883. Or go to their website, YourSuperSigns.com. How's that for clever?
2: We're back. We're talking with Sue Semrau, friend of the world, the goodest basketball coach ever, <laughs> and um, our friend, and a friend of this town, a uh, a pleasure for for us and for me particularly, to be able to bring you back in here, which is not an easy task, but entirely worthwhile, gives us uh, opportunity then to uh, saddle up alongside of you mm. as you are making your life discoveries further, as you are con- you know considering, this business, I guess, of staying in the moment—are you abide with that mm, that's notion? That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You got to just stay with the now and keep a very, very short list as to what your plans are uh, going forward. Until, until, and whenever you're ready to commit, it, it has, for me, uh, opened up a recollection of uh, the coaching and the and the life work of John Wooden. Uh, would it be fair to say a legendary figure yeah. in basketball and in in mm-hmm. life. So there's this published uh work of his back in what we say it was, seventy six. Yeah. Originally published. Um, and he talks about his dad. Yeah. And the gift of a lifetime that his father gave him a two dollar bill when he graduated from grade school. Mm-hmm. And he said, Hold on to because." if you have this in your pocket, you're not broke. <laughs> it's a, that's so true. It's a fair assessment, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. Uh, it's like my CPA said, well, if you've got customers, you're not bankrupt. And I said, it sure feels like I'm bankrupt. <laughs> I've got a lot of people that we're caring for here, but you know, we're not making a lot of money.
1: I had the pleasure of, of meeting Coach Wooden on a n- number of occasions in his little condo in L.A. And It was fascinating to me that he was, he didn't go out and buy anything big and great. Mm. He went to a little diner down the street for breakfast, and I remember driving him down there one day, and Mm. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if I get in an accident now, the world's going (laughs) to (laughs) know. Yeah, he was as, as humble as... As everyone talks about, and I will say the the first um, first recruit that I ever signed at Florida State went to the same high school as John Wooden, and here I am. I'm in Martinsville, Indiana, and I'm driving down this street, and it says John Wooden Way, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't know at the time. So I go into the lobby, and there is a wax figure of him there in a case life size and i was i just stepped back and i was like you know this guy this is he's the real deal like i mean this is still going on so um you know just a a lot of really um you know what he what he said was was impactful Uh um it was profound but who he was was even more than that.
2: Yeah. We hear a lot and see a lot about sound leadership, what it means to be a real leader. Mm-hmm. And there's all of that going on, <laughs> a lot of discussion about what that really means. And you see all kinds of answers to that question. What is it to be a, a real leader?
1: That's right.
2: Let me read to you uh, what his dad had left for him. These are seven things to do. Mm. The first is be true to yourself, mm. help others. Simple wisdom here. But this is what you're talking about with wooden. Make each day your masterpiece. Notice it's one day at a time. This is the day the Lord has made. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. So make each day your masterpiece. Drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. Mm -hmm. Make friendship a fine art. I like that. Love that. Make friendship a fine art. How you perfect your craft. Hmm. So you can shoot three points from midcourt. Beautiful. What'd you do for your friend yesterday? Mm -hmm. What are you doing for him right now? Um, Build a shelter against a rainy day. And for him, that shelter was the shelter of faith. Hmm. So when everything is just falling apart or not going as you'd expected, your faith says, I'm going to keep going. Going back to this idea, I know my purpose doesn't have anything to do directly with what I happen to be doing because that's an expression of my purpose it's not it's not the origin then he says and this is the last one pray for guidance and count and give thanks for your blessings every day Mm. Mm. um pretty humble simple wisdom it seems to me and this was my question and bringing that to you how well that applied In all of your coaching experience, it seems to me you had drawn from him and from many others a similar sort of approach.
1: I think it's it goes to the KISS method of keep it simple, stupid. Hmm. And all of those are very simple statements of truth. And that's, I think, one of the most important things that as a leader, as a follower, that we stay simple enough that we don't just have all the mess and the distractions Mm. and everything coming in Mm. and look at us where we live in this world where you know a distraction Mm. will come any minute if you'll allow it I think it's cool to be in a in a sound room like this Mm. because Mm. what does it do? It guards against distraction Mm. and uh the outside noises don't come in so
2: so we have to build that for ourselves don't absolutely. we absolutely yeah and it's 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 troubling to me uh coming across some of the uh research with young people kids and they're being asked what do you want to be when you grow up when you were asked that question probably i want to play basketball <laughs> you know i wanted to be a sports announcer or whatever mm. actually i wanted to be a family therapist um now you ask them and they'll say, I want to be famous.
3: Mm,
1: I interesting. To, I want to
2: be famous. And for me, that's that's a disease of our culture. It doesn't matter what I do, I just need to be famous. Mm. And I've had fellow professionals in our age group say mm. to me, I just want to be famous. I want to be rich and famous. I don't care how I get there. Mm. So you don't really have a purpose as such. You just are pursuing this externalized mm. ambition, well, you have come at it entirely differently. So you mm. you looked at what was going on with you, for you, inside of you, and how that connected to other folks. Mm. I, think, I think that that's a great testimony.
1: I think, too, it's a testimony to my parents, you know, because I think my dad was on stage as a uh, director, music director, and I, want, I would say I want to be like my dad. I want to do mm. what he does. And what he did was lead. It was, He wasn't famous. He was a high school band director and choral director. But I saw him lead. I saw people look to him, and I thought, I want to do what he does. And I think that's where we've got to We've got to teach the younger generation to model you know what that is That mm-hmm. because people are looking at us all the time without us even knowing it.
2: And maybe come back to that list of seven ideas Absolutely. in the process, right?
1: Yes. Okay.
2: I don't want to let you go now, but I have to because you have a, other people that want your time Aww. and attention, <laughs> and I hate them, but it's okay. <laughs> because <laughs> I know that
1: I have to leave the soundproof I know you gotta go back Dang out there. It. The world The distractions, distractions. Yes. I
2: know alright well friend Sue Semerow our guest uh, who has already um, we haven't gotten her to sign anything but I know <laughs> that she's promised to be back with us whenever she can as the world continues to beckon her into all kinds of neat stuff, <laughs> we look forward to the next episode. Find so out do I, what what goes on. Yeah,
1: absolutely. All right.
2: So there you have it—a conversation with Sue Semrau. Thought it would be helpful in us better appreciating the world we are in when it comes to collegiate athletics. We're going to have more with Mickey Andrews and with Coach Bobby Bowden in the second hour. So stay with me. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there came wise men from the east. The star which they saw in the east went before them, over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. May that joy fill your heart throughout the coming year. From Ray Gordon Brake Service, the brake experts on Greer Road, providing solutions from ASC certified mechanics, call 850-386-6133. Wood and glass on South Monroe since 1945. For window and plate glass, custom bath enclosures, and storefront glass, 850-222-5781. And Moose Magnificat Radio, streaming online at moosemagnificat.com. All local musicians, all original songs, all the time. Download your free app at moosemagnificat.com. Witten Glass has been taking care of families since 1945.
3: Experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best, like Witten's top-of-the-line bath enclosures. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Witten Glass, and they provide precise installation.
2: Witten Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass. Online at WittenGlass.com. Call 850-222-5781. Good morning, friends. This is your friend, Dr. Benjamin Franklin. We're talking with Brian Cerny on Tallahassee Talks. He is an American college football coach of history. He was the associate head coach and defensive coordinator at Florida State University, beginning his career in 1984. He retired along with coach Bobby Bowden at the end of 2009 and coached his final game in Florida State's victory over West Virginia on January first, two 2010, in the Gator Bowl. He stayed on with the university until February of 2010, the anniversary date of his hiring by Coach Bobby Bowden. The legendary Coach Mickey Andrews is our guest. How are you, sir?
0: Thank you. I'm great, and it's great to be
2: here. I'm glad that you have made it part of your morning, and what a blessing it is for us to get to know you a little better Especially when, um, and from my understanding, once a coach, always a coach. Is that how it works?
0: <laughs> I guess that's pretty much uh, the case. Uh, I didn't quit coaching. Uh, technically, I'm not at work anymore up at the office or on the field. Somebody else is doing that, but uh, I have two grandsons that live here in town and, and a daughter, a granddaughter that is a sophomore at Florida State. So I'm still in the coaching business. I'm just doing it uh, to different people. Yeah. And I'm certainly, uh, you know, filled with the responsibility that I have as a grandfather. I have my mother-in-law that lives with me. So my day's pretty full. By the time I get through with them, and uh, then the things that that I've done at, or are doing at at, uh, at at our church now, I've taken on more viable role there and. Huh. And something that I needed to do, I just never had the time to do it uh-huh. uh, when I was going seven days a week uh, over in, uh, at the university.
2: Right. In fact, uh, my understanding, too, is that uh, life continues to be pretty busy for you uh, with, with a lot of other, we'll call it all-field activities. Do you maintain relationships with some of the players that you've coached in oh, yeah. years past?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I talk with them on the phone from time to time. Uh, I get to see several of them at you know at, at ball games. I still go to all the the home games. I don't I don't travel that well. It's easier for me to uh, stay there with my mother in law and and uh, and uh, yeah. been able to do the other things that I need to do. Yeah. So I I don't go to out of town games uh, very much. Yeah. But uh, a lot of events that we're trying to help with. We just had a golf tournament uh, last week. Uh, Feed the hunger. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, for a second that. harvest, right? Yeah, second yeah. harvest. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, I play in quite a few F's, uh, golf tournaments. Yeah, uh, I just enjoy getting, getting out and visiting with people that I never really had time to do right. before when right. I was coaching. And yeah. from time to time, people will ask, "Do you miss coaching?" Well, sure, I miss coaching. You know, I miss <laughs> the relationship you had with the players, with the coaches. Uh, I miss that day-to-day mm. thing. But what I don't miss is the time restraints that were forced upon me, huh. uh, not you know not by Coach Bowden or, or huh. athletic director or whatever, but just what the the time it took to try to be as good as you could be and to help young men be as good as they could be. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I do miss it quite a bit.
2: Uh, so it's, so coaching at that level is not a nine to five kind of thing, is it?
0: Uh, no, <laughs> I was. I'm not smart enough to make it a nine to five profession, uh, or I wasn't. Uh, huh. It took me a lot longer. You know, Coach Biden would always talk about if you can save the players a, a couple of hours by you spending four or five hours, you know, trying to get something ready for them, then that's that's what I had to do. Yeah, you know, I didn't figure that I was going to outsmart any people. Didn't try to. Uh, the main thing that I thought was important was to. And prepare the kids to be at their best when it required the best huh. and that was on game day and and then through the things that and it took me a while to understand this uh, I never have been accused of being a uh, someone that that took losses easy because i, I didn't i don't like it and never have thank goodness I've never been involved a, a lot with it that that uh, I was driven to the point that uh, i want to make sure that I'm not the reason that the people that I'm coaching uh-huh. don't reach goals that they want and don't perform at the level they want to. And uh-huh. at the same time, uh, the lessons that they're learning in athletics didn't stop on the football field. It was things that would enable them to be uh, better people, better husband, better father, a better citizen, uh, uh-huh. and hopefully make a difference in society uh, with the life that they live. Uh-huh.
2: And in that way, when you look at some of the players that you have had those relationships with and still do, mm-hmm. uh, do they come back to you for uh, more, more, more coaching or is it more at a peer-to-peer at this point?
0: Well, you know, I think the uh, before you can ever uh, get the full trust of a young man, uh. a young woman or whatever, uh. Uh, they've got to believe in you. They've got to know that you genuinely care about them uh, maybe first part of my career, I was so involved in in winning that that was my main objective. It wasn't to grow young men. And later in life, and I think it was reinforced, uh, and really made the biggest difference in the 26 years I was with Coach Bowden, that my role as a coach, as a football coach, didn't end on a football field. Uh, it was about what am what am I teaching now? What am I demanding now? out of young people that will stick with them and that they will be able to use it later on in life uh, in situations that really don't even sound or seem like football. Yeah. And for a young man to come back and say, you know, Coach, I didn't like you a lot when I was here. That never bothered me. The only, one, only thing I wanted, I wanted their respect and I wanted everything they had. I wanted a full commitment out of them uh, for themselves and for the team. Yeah. And the main thing was that it's just like children going growing up. Huh. Their parents aren't very smart till they get a little older. And when they become parents or whatever, they look back and say, You know, mom and dad were pretty sharp people. I just <laughs> didn't didn't see it that They seem to
2: that, be getting smarter yeah. every day. <laughs> and
0: so when a kid comes back and says, Coach, thank you for for making me see the importance yeah. of what it takes to, to achieve at a high level. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I was going to try to do it on my ability. Huh. Uh, you know, talent doesn't get you anywhere. It gives you an opportunity to go somewhere. And then you make the decision how far you go with what you were blessed with, what God gave you. Huh. And uh, I was a mean old guy so many times that would, you know, that under the breath they probably weren't saying real kind things. And, and there were times when I wasn't saying kind things either, you know, Sometimes you got to get that old two before out and hit that old mule upside the head to make him plow right, (laughs) and we've had to do that a time or two with some of our players. And you know, you when when a guy comes back says that, you know, it just it makes you feel so good because, you know, about the learning process, you can teach your head off. Yeah, if it's not learned and if it's if those habits aren't acquired as a result of it, no good comes out of it. Mm. So. You know that part is great, and when and the best thing is to see them react or interact with their family, with, oh. their, with their spouse, with their kids. Mm. You know, and uh, you know then then when it is really more important than it was when it was actually happening.
2: Talking with Coach Mickey Andrews, and you are in tune with Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Stay with me.
3: Widden Glass has been taking care of business since 1945. When you call Widden Glass, you're dealing with experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best. Like Widden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures that provide style and luxury at an affordable price. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Widden Glass. We'll help you design it and install it. Widden Glass, the first name in glass replacement. Call 222-5781.
2: Folks, there are four ways to shine in life and Merry Maids has it all going on. Experience, reliability, thoroughness, and professionalism. Well, that's why we rely on Merry Maids right here at our studios, because you know, I do need a little shine from time to time. And my friends at Merry Maids can make it happen with guaranteed satisfaction, screened and trained employees, bonded and insured performance, even a free consultation. Merry Maids can customize cleanings to fit most budgets. And fit your busy schedule with cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or an on-call basis. Merry will deep clean your home on that first visit, something that you've probably been wanting to do, but you don't have to. Call Merry Relax, and it's clean. Right here in Tallahassee, call 386-2205 or find them online at merrymaids.com. That's 386-2205. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill for men. And the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. This Christmas, may your heart be filled with the glory of that first Christmas night, now and throughout the new year, a message of hope from Ray Gordon Brake Service, the brake experts on Greer Road, providing solutions from ASC certified mechanics. Call 850-386-6133. Wood and glass on South Monroe since 1945. For window and plate glass, custom bath enclosures, and storefront glass, 850-222-5781. And Moose Magnificat Radio, streaming online at moosemagnificat.com. All local musicians, all original songs, all the time. Download your free app at moosemagnificat.com. Bringing you whatever Tallahassee is talking about this week.
0: Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny.
2: This, I guess you'd say it's a sort of uh, mix of talent and attitude or character, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, for you it, it is, is not an either or, right? You, you have to have both.
0: Uh, I think you do.
2: And 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 the harder part of that may be what. What what's the challenge there? Well,
0: I think the hardest thing for anybody is to uh, is to deny yourself to achieve quality from everybody. You know, uh, to me, everybody's a role player. Well, which one's more important? Is the quarterback more important than the offensive line? Uh, is the receiver more important than Whatever you look at, you look at our kicker, Aguay. Here's a guy that may be the best that's ever kicked in college football in the history. And I mean, how important is the center? <laughs> yeah. How important is the holder? Yeah. How important are the linemen that are blocking for him? So. I think the hardest thing is is for an individual to to really uh, if you want to lower him call set like uh-huh. this, lower myself. I think it just the opposite, I think it is rising to the level that it takes to make the whole complete,
2: you, you know, know uh, the
0: parts complete,
2: you know, bumping his helmet up against theirs and saying, "Hey, man, yeah. we're in this thing."
0: Well, I think part of it is like I said, encouraging. But I think the other part is just reinforcing what they've got to do with the challenge. Are you going to do your part? Uh-huh. You know, uh, we used to have a motto every year uh, to signify uh, what our theme was for the year, and I I thought one of the best ones we ever had was "You can count on me." Uh-huh. And
2: uh, I've got your back.
0: That's right. You know, uh, we don't get it done without you but when you look at it from a personal standpoint, y'all don't get it done without me either. Mm-hmm. You know, so you take that role and, uh, you, you have responsibility to others mm-hmm. because they're counting on you mm-hmm. and they're doing the same thing. They're looking at you with the same eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the thing that team sports teach. I think that's so important. Uh, and you say, "Well, what are you talking about?" Well, when when God created the earth and He created man and woman, each one of them had certain responsibilities, and uh, it was up to them to get the job done. And then you look at it now, uh, we've got a we've got a world of people. You got different religious. Components, you know, mm-hmm. people believe differently. Mm-hmm. Some are so adverse, but at the same time, it's it goes back to establishing mm. where's your starting point. Mm. Uh, how do we fit in? Right. What is our role? And,
2: what are, What are my responsibilities yeah, here? Yeah,
0: and so many of those things are, uh, I guess you would say, are, are based on how we uh, how we react to others
2: and, and you know in that uh, thinking of that it occurs to me that we have as a culture we have become much more selfish I think individualized oh, right it's all That's about what I me was
0: talking about it you know just a minute ago mm-hmm. uh, when you can when you can put yourself as not as the most important part of it yeah and realize that you're just a piece of piece of the puzzle (laughs) but you're a tremendously important piece of the puzzle because nobody else has that piece to Mm -hmm. fit in so you you take that role with integrity and with a great deal of responsibility and commitment to make sure that it comes together
2: you know we as the fans of athletics right and and the boosters and sponsors Mm -hmm. and such we get that win in our blood, man. We want that win. And these days with college athletics being the big business it is for a lot of universities, not all of course, but for those who have been to the championship and they've won or Mm -hmm. they played, uh, man, it, it, it gets in your blood. And now you're looking at coach Andrews or coach Bowden and saying, okay, we want our next win. We want our next championship. And my point in saying all that is when I talked to a guy like Ernie Sims, who's mm-hmm. been on the show, and, and he's a good buddy, and, and I asked him, I said, what do you miss most about your college days? You know what he said? Mm-mm. Coach Andrews. <laughs> he said, I miss that level of relationship that I had with Coach because that's what made my college career really so meaningful and enjoyable that I was learning and there was somebody there coaching who really cared about me. And he compared his college experience with, he was in the league for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, those are night and day. He said, when you're playing professionally, it is all business. Well, how much has college athletics will say been influenced by that uh, professionalization right Mm -hmm. and the pressure and the money um it just seems to me that we've sort of we're at risk i guess of losing some of the finer points that you're bringing to us here and and coach bowden used to say it's a dead gum football game (laughs) yeah Yeah. let's remember or like one guy said about baseball when the umpire says Play ball. Go yeah. play. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, you know the the we have a tendency. It seems like now, especially with our young kids or whatever. Uh, if you're on the team, everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, That's
2: right. I don't
0: understand that. Uh, less emphasis put uh, on winning.
2: Right. Right, it's everybody's really got to be about a, just being a part of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I can understand where that's coming from, but uh, you're the last at, winner. <laughs> if winner wasn't important, there wouldn't be a scoreboard. Right. You know, there's a reason there's a scoreboard there. Yeah, right. And and I guess most everything besides golf, you got the most points, you win. And golf, is just the opposite. My mother-in-law still can't understand this thing about golf. Well, a person with a you know that scores the lowest is the winner. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with emphasizing winning uh. because winning, uh, unless it's an individual sport, emphasizes the importance of the individual and the responsibility that individual has on the group. Uh, just about everything you do in life, uh, you, you go to work, you got a job. Uh, I guess an owner, you could say, well, uh, maybe that's a little bit different, but everything is based on people uh, working as a unit. Hmm. And I would think, as a, even as an owner, even as a head coach, uh, a big part of your success is going to be what your workers hmm. or your your people that are performing hmm. beneath you, what they're doing, and uh, hmm. and it all goes back to me. Uh, how important is your job to you? How, hmm. How important is, do, is doing your best? And I look back through the years of coaching, and I see so many kids, people say, who's, who's your favorite player of all time? Mm-hmm. Well, or who's the best player you've ever had? Mm-hmm. are you talking about a guy that achieved at the highest level according to, to statistics or award, individual awards or whatever? Um uh, some of my favorite people are people that weren't even on scholarship. Hmm. They're walk-ons. Here are guys. They go out there. All their education is paid for or the opportunity for an education. They're on scholarship. They get through with practice. They shower, change, and go on in there and sit down and eat on the training table. These poor little walk-ons, they got to get up. And some of them, uh, they got to go find something to eat somewhere. They're not going to eat in there because the NCAA won't let you feed them. And some of them have even got to go to work. To me, it's not just at the level of achievement that you have, but are you overachieving or underachieving?
2: A conversation we had some time ago with Coach Mickey Andrews. We're going to continue that with Coach Bobby Bowden, so stay with me. In 1939, a young copywriter named Robert L. May wrote a Christmas poem. The popularity of this little poem grew famously, so much so that ten years later it was the basis of a song written by Johnny Marks and recorded by Gene Autry. May was often taunted and ostracized for being shy and small in stature to capture those emotions as he told us the story of one strange-looking reindeer with a shiny red nose. And now you know another Christmas story story. From Ray Gordon Brake Service, the brake experts on Greer Road, providing solutions from ASC certified mechanics. Call 850-386-6133. Wood glass on South Monroe since 1945. For window and plate glass, custom bath enclosures, and storefront glass, 850-222-5781. And Moose Magnificat Radio, streaming online at moosemagnificat.com. All local musicians, all original songs, all the time. Download your free app at moosemagnificat.com. What a great opportunity to talk with uh, a man who, for his, arguably for his entire life, has devoted his talents and his faith and his direction for young men uh, around the country and around the world who have gone on in various ways, some in professional athletics, in football, uh, some in business. But uh, it's my pleasure to be able to say. We have with us Coach Bobby Bowden, and uh, thank you for joining us, Coach.
5: It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to answering your questions.
2: <laughs> the reality is, and I and I don't exaggerate, I can I can name a number of men that I've talked to, uh, the coaches and players, and the thing that they appreciated about your approach was that first they were a, a person, somebody that you wanted to invest in. And you look for a way that you could best help them. That seems to me to characterize for you how you've approached life. I remember years ago, you compared football to the game of life. And I wondered if you would comment on that, how the game of life plays out in many respects the way football does.
5: Well, the game of life uh like football and like a lot of other things, they have rules and regulations that you have to follow. You have some people that, that break those rules, you have most of the people who do not break them, you know? And uh in in life you get knocked down and you got to get up. Well, in football you get knocked down too and you got to get up. And uh, and then of course you're in the, you're 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 in the limelight, people are, people are watching you all the time, people are judging you all the time, and you have a being the head football coach at Florida State, you have a responsibility to the people of Tallahassee mm-hmm. and to the people of Florida State and to the alumni of Florida State to try to set the example for them.
2: Indeed, and that example has always included your professionalism and your personal faith. Yeah. You've never tried to apologize for that. You've no. never tried to wean that out. No. Uh, I, when you talk with a player or a coach, you bring your faith in God to that conversation?
5: I should, I tell you what, when I started I coached 57 years in college. Huh. I coached 34 years at Florida State University. Huh. Now, I, th- I I I know it's because of the way I was raised. Huh. I had a good mama and a good daddy, you know, and a good family who tried, tried to they, – they taught me the right things. Now, I didn't always do them, but I tried, you know. <laughs> and uh, so when I started coaching, I felt like when I coached a young man, not, I, I wanted him to be the best athlete he could be. I wanted to make him the best athlete we could. I wanted him to get an education, you know. Yeah. But I also wanted I wanted him to be aware of our faith whatever his is. Yeah. And and, and I would tell him mine, I said, look, y'all don't have to believe like I'm telling you, <laughs> but I've got a right to teach you if I want to, yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, I always felt like I, I had that responsibility to every man I coached, you know? Yeah. I, let me put it plainly. I did not want a boy to go through my program and come out not knowing about God.
2: Ah. Uh. And so many of them have come back to you or have stayed close to you as friends and colleagues in all of those 50-plus years.
5: Can't tell you how many. I can't tell you how many. Uh, it's funny. I get letters from boys I coached 50 years ago, <laughs> boys I coached 40 years ago, 30 years ago. And you know what? None of them mentioned football. None of them mentioned football. They say, Coach, thank uh, you for what you told us about this. Thank uh, you for making us go to church. I'm now married, and I've got two grown children in college, and they're doing well, and they have behaving themselves and everything, and they, they, they can't say thank you enough.
2: Wow. Speaking of football and that approach in working with people, right? It's my observation that, of course, across college football today, there is a Pretty wide variety, we might say, of coaching styles. Yeah, uh, there Definitely. are there are many coaches that follow your lead, and I get the impression that Willie Taggart is one of those kind of coaches because I've heard him talk about bringing this team together and showing love to one another. Oh yeah, you know, and and one of his assistant coaches saying, "Hey, we, we don't like a lot of profanity there on the sidelines. We we started, we don't go there. Amen. You know, Amen. and so uh, already." there's that sort of uh experience oh yeah happening for those young men oh yeah yeah
5: i remember you know football has changed so much in the 57 years that i coach when i first started coaching football it was all physical yeah and 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 you would talk to your boys about hating the opponent huh. yeah i can remember one one game out here at florida state it's been 25, 30 years ago, we were warming up against this team. I won't call their name. <laughs> I, we were warming up against this team before the ball game. Yep. And I, I was carrying on a conversation of one of their players who I had tried to recruit. Kind of like, well, how you doing? I haven't yeah, seen you in a while yeah. so forth. And his coach came up and said, quit talking to him. Quit talking to him. You know, it made us made us break up the conversation. You know? But, you know, it's changed a lot since then. Yeah. Just like you're talking about Willie Taggart talking about love. Yeah. We found out it's not hate. No. It's love if you want good teamwork yeah. and you want to help your buddy all you can it gets down to how much you love him. It's
2: remarkable how many athletes will say at the end of the game, well we just love each other. And yeah. I mean and that goes yeah. across basketball, baseball, football. They all talk, man we are a team. We yeah. love yeah. each other. We have got each other's back. And you know yeah. they
5: say they say the same thing's true in the military.
0: Hmm.
5: And I can see this. Yeah. A guy goes into war And he knows he might get killed, because a battle is fixing to occur. There's an enemy out there about fifty yards away, and he knows he can get killed. That his bravery comes from not wanting to let his buddy down. More than if they they don't think about the stars and stripes, they don't think about. Mom and daddy back home, they think about their buddy right there. Yeah. Buy them, buy yeah. them, you know. Yep. That's love and that's teamwork and that's yeah. that's, what, that's what it takes to succeed. Trust and a, a football team has mm. to take that same attitude. You know what? Uh. I'm going to block my man because I don't want them to hit my running back back yep. there, yep. you know. Yep. Or I'm going to block my man because I know he's going to get his, he's going to get his, and we're going to succeed. And so, mm. uh, yeah, we do it for our buddy.
2: You talked about the things that you learned from your parents. Yeah. You've um, no doubt you and Ann have worked hard to try to instill that in your own family. Mm-hmm. Uh, from your stand standpoint, what were the things that you tried to teach your kids most
5: of all? Would you well, say? my mother and daddy started off with the church. Oh, they started off with the church. Now, I don't remember the first day I went to church, but my mama told me, She carried me to church in a basket (laughs) when I was born. (laughs) I can imagine her doing that too, you know. But then I grew up uh, four, five, six, seven years of age, and always they, mother made us and daddy made us go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever they opened the doors, you know. And of course, being a kid, I didn't want to to do something else, you know. But anyway, that they gave me the foundation that I've ca- tried to carry with my family. Uh, we went to church, too, you know, when, especially when they were all young. Now they're all married and got their own own family. But uh, we, t- we tried to... Here, here's something that, you know, I used to get letters when I was head coach. Right, I'd get letters from mothers all over the country, really, uh, because they knew w- w- what I was trying to teach. Mm. And uh, um, it'd be a letter like this. Dear Coach... I'm raising a 15-year-old son. He's playing football at the high school. He doesn't have a father. I'm raising him by myself. What can I tell him to make him successful? I got that letter a lot. I got, I got that phone call a lot. I'd tell him the same thing just like I was taught. I'd say, you tell your son to get his priorities in order. What do you mean? Well, you tell him to put God first in his life, put his family second, not football third mm. education mm. and then other people put them ahead of yourself you know and then right. then then comes football and music and baseball mm. and other things you want to do in life you know what uh-huh. but but be sure to put God first. I'd say now what I mean by that son when you start to go somewhere with your buddies, ask God is this okay? If the answer is no, don't go now. If the answer is yes, go and have a good time.
1: Yeah.
5: Does your do your parents mind you going? No, they don't mind. We'll go. Your parents don't want, don't think you should go. Well, don't go. You know. So I tried to get that point across, yep. and I really feel like if a boy does put his priorities in order, that uh, God's not going to let him fail.
2: Hmm. Simple wisdom. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with the legendary coach bobby bowden you stay with me
4: hi i'm josh and this is an ad for super signs we were gonna do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic you know something clever but that just didn't work so i'm just gonna tell you super signs is great i mean they're really great and it's not just me saying it lots of people posting and talking to their friends here's one we are so happy with all our signs and banners by super signs highly recommend here's another These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. SuperSigns is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, YourSuperSigns.com. How's that for clever?
2: We're talking with Coach Bobby Bowden, and uh, we had the opportunity to talk with Coach Mickey Andrews, and he told this story about how you first met him, and Coach Andrews and I are talking. He said, you know where we met? I said, no, he said at a McDonald's. He said... He said, that tells you a lot about Bobby Bowden. It ain't about the big show. And you and and, uh, Mickey just hit it off.
5: We sure did. He coached uh, 26 or 27 years with me. And uh, Billy Sexton coached 25 more years. Uh, Jim Gladden coached the whole time I was here, 34 years, you uh-huh. know. And we were very fortunate. And, yeah. I, and uh, I, I what I, I tried to – when I gave a coach a job, I never tried to tell him how to do his job. I would tell him what I want. This is what I want done, you know. What? Now you do it. You get it done. I'll, I'll let you do it, you know. And then if I would, went on the field when I was out there with them, I never corrected one in front of the players. Right. I mean, that wouldn't, I, I, now some coaches are bad about that. I know, you know, but I would never correct the coach in front of the boys. I'd write a note down, and then we had our staff meeting the next morning. I'd go over yeah. that with him, you mm-hmm. know what? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, but I always gave my coaches the responsibility, you know, men, this is the job to do. I'm going to let you do it. Now you better get it done. Or I'm gonna give me somebody else. You know. Yeah, yeah. I also told them this: we all must get along together. Mm. I cannot allow two of you to be fighting and arguing against each other. Mm. If that happens, one of you is going to have to go. Mm. You know. And so they we had that understanding to begin with, and then then you try to hire good coaches. You know. Yeah. You try to hire men with character. Mm-hmm. Men with families, mm-hmm. uh, men with values, and that's what I had. You know it. So if you do that, it takes care of itself. It's interesting to me. It's not about X's
2: and O's. No. It's really about the people you're connected to, and this shared goal yeah. that you're working toward. Yeah. And how you do that, how you yeah. play that.
5: Oh game. Yeah. 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 It's a lot more than X's and O's, man. You know what? It, yeah. It's it's it's. It's joining everybody together, having a common bond. You know, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes hmm. was a program that's always always uh, in the front of our program. You know, mm-hmm. and just trying to get guys loving each other,
2: yeah, you know,
5: yeah. and working with each other.
2: Yeah, and that and they, has to show up and and they on they the did. field and off the field. And it
5: shows yeah. off on the field and off yeah. the field.
2: yeah. Uh, the coach uh, has two games out, and they're already wanting him to take a hike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I thought to myself, well, I remember when Coach Bowden first started here all those years ago. I mean, they gave him some time
5: yeah, to right. build
2: a program.
5: Because it takes time. It yeah. takes
2: time. Yeah. See, that's interesting to me because if we translate that approach into some of these larger Discussions about family, right? Mm-hmm. And we yeah. talked earlier about, hey, what did you do for your kids? How did you teach them?
5: Yeah. To me, the whole key is raising them correctly. Yeah. You know, I mean, you tell you there were so many players at Florida State, and it's, it, and it's our culture today. Yeah. I mean, my last uh, ten years, I'd say coaching at Florida State, mm-hmm. I probably had sixty to seventy percent of my boys who did not have a daddy in the home. Now, a boy needs a daddy. Yeah. A boy needs a male figure in the home. But no, no, they're raised by mamas. Yeah. They're raised by grandmamas. Mm-hmm. They're raised by big sisters. And thank God for them. Mm-hmm. You know it. Mm-hmm. But he needs a male figure disciplining him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they don't have him. They, then they get up 18 years of age, and they hadn't had that foundation, man. It's you tough. know. I mean, that's why I guarantee you, in football, if we could keep them for four years, we could get them headed in the right direction. Interesting. Because I was going to introduce them to the... I, I, I know people. some people won't like this, but I was going to introduce them to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I was going to introduce them to prayer. Mm-hmm. I, was going, I took them to church. Mm-hmm. When my team came in every year, I, I took them to two churches. I went to a white church. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to go. <laughs> this is just like a meeting. You got to be there. Next Sunday, we went to a black church. Mm-hmm. Why? I wanted them to see that no matter what their race their race is, they're welcomed here in Florida State. Yeah. There's a place for you. You know what? Yep. And uh, now I, didn't, now that, that was, I didn't do it every week. Now I just did it when we first came in. Yeah. And uh, so that they knew that they had a church to go to if they if they wanted to. No. I wanted them to have what their mom and their daddy had given them when they came here. Interesting. And I told their parents. Somebody said, well, how do you get along? How would you get by with that? Well, when I recruited them, I told their parents I was going to do that. Parents loved it. <laughs> Parents loved it. A lot of them probably came because of that. <laughs>
2: Speaking of love, how much you have loved this town? Oh yeah, and you're still here. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. and Ann have made this your home all and, these and, many and, years. And when
5: when 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 we retired, we were going to leave and go to Panama City. We have a house over in Panama City. We have several condos over here. We're going to leave and go over there. See, hang out on the beach. And you know what? We can't leave. We can't leave. And we've, been, we've been in this house 42 years, and uh, we determined we're going to stay here till the good Lord takes us Look home. <laughs> yeah, it's... and we love T- We think Tallahassee. You know, both of us, I was raised in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. She was raised in Gadsden, Alabama, and she moved to Birmingham. That's where I met her. Right. And we love We love that. That's our old home, you sure, know? Sure, sure. And we love Panama City because we got two children living over right now. But. Tallahassee, we've been here longer than any. I don't think I ever had a job over 10 years. I coached West Virginia 10 years. Yep. I coached uh, Sanford four years. I coached South Georgia four years. I was an assistant here three years. You know, But I coached here for 34 years. And so th- this is where we have spent most of our life. Yep. And this is where we call home. And uh, Ann and I love Tallahassee.
2: I think Tallahassee loves you back.
5: Well, I, uh, I appreciate that, you know, too.
2: And I think what has happened, too, with our town is a, a kind of growth that is both population and understanding. Yeah I, I, yeah. I really do. I think yeah. You talk about crossing barriers, black and white. Oh, yeah. And oh, I yeah. think we're growing in a way that uh, is bringing us in touch with parts of our community that we just haven't acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah.
5: we've got Florida A and M University, who I pull for every week. Yeah, I pull for them just like I do Florida State. Yeah. I'm just I'm proud of people in Tallahassee. When I think
2: of your love of people and your family and God and football in Tallahassee, there's a lot of loves in your life. Yeah. Coaching, yeah, coaching isn't always uh, a happy day. No. And uh, any more than being, I suppose, a parent or a business owner or politician, uh, there were those times in your coaching career, uh, whether it was a just a terrible loss, a frustrating sure, loss, you sure. had to walk through that. Yeah. That was you getting kicked to the turf, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you had to yeah. decide to get yeah. back up. I get <laughs> that. You'll
5: get your humili- – if you're a coach, you're going to be humiliated at times, you yeah, know, yeah, it? Yeah. and you have to just live through it. But that's life.
2: It's a tough question for you. What did you love the most about coaching football?
5: I think it was probably working with the boys, watching them develop, watching them being the best they could be, and then having the success of building a team. You know, I used to tell my players this. Let's say we were going to play somebody that had better material than us. Mm. And I've always felt whoever has the best players is going to win. That's Mm. why I've always felt. So let's say we're going to play somebody that's favored over us. And I always tell my players, man, it's not who has the best players. It's who has the best team. Uh. We've got to be a team. Uh. And if we're a team, we can whip anybody, you know what? And so you're trying to build that team atmosphere and that's and that's 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 joined together by by love. Yeah. Love of each other.
2: <laughs> what did you not like most about coaching?
5: L- losing. <laughs> no, you know, a lot, lot of people ask me, how, "How do you like coaching so here?" Well, if I win, I love it. Yeah. If you lose, baby, it ain't no fun. You can be in Hawaii it ain't no fun if you're losing. Winning you're...
2: coaches usually say that they hate losing more than they love winning.
5: I, Ann, Ann and I have <laughs> talked about that. That, uh, I, yeah. I, that, that. that is true in my part. Yeah. I mean, I, I hated losing more than winning felt good. Right. You know what? Because, boy, those, those, those losses do hurt. Right.
2: Well, Coach, you have given us a good deal of your time today, and I don't want to hold you up any further. Thank you for making our show even more special and for all the wisdom and the love that you've been willing to share today with us.
5: Well, I I'm, I'm hope I know I'm talking to some great people out there, yeah. and I appreciate what you're doing and spreading it. Thank you very much. You bet.
2: So there you have it, my friend. Our conversations with Sue Semrau, Mickey Andrews, Bobby Bowden from days gone by, but it all comes together and comes to bear when we consider this world that we're in, this collegiate athletics world that is driven by sports networks, television coverage, and all the rest of it. It's not what you and I grew up with by any stretch, and it's certainly not the world that uh, Coach Bowden and Semrau and Andrews we're a part of back in their early days, but it is where we are now. And I thought it might be helpful for us to reflect on how much things have changed. And as we consider that, look at how we are responsible for the creation of this machine. If we don't like it, I mean, we're raging against the machine, but we're the ones that built it. Food for thought as we close out today's broadcast, which is our pleasure each week to bring to you at this time, We're the production of Spatterwork Media and Entertainment coming to you from the studios of Moose Magnificat, Tallahassee's radio to the world, bringing all local, all original songs all the time. We call it the Sound of Tallahassee. Carl Cerny is our executive producer, and I'll be looking for you again next week. So come on, Tallahassee. Come talk to me.